Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It a one on a Friday, sweet, sweet Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate dealer. Today we are in hour three of the program. It is time for Rick Dollywall. Hour one, or sorry, hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. To the phone lines we go from the Donnie and Dolly show on Czech TV. Canucks insider Rick Dollywall here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Morning, Rick. How are you? Gentlemen, couldn't be better. Always a pleasure. Are you going to the Lions game tonight? Yes, I'm going. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to the Lions game tonight. Are you excited about the Lions game? I am very excited about uh, First of all, can I tell a bruff story from last week at the Lions game? Please do. So he texts me in the third quarter, and he says, where are you? And I said, the Molson Coors Suite. He comes in two minutes later with a rum and coke. It was a crown and coke, buddy. It was crown a, and coke. Yeah, you got to uh, read the room. It's a, 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 a Molson's. Yeah, you and then, can't walk and then in some, with hard stuff. And then someone gave me a Molson. It was great. I ended up with getting a bunch more drinks. If you if you go to the Save On Food Suite, are you walking in with a Safeway hat? I mean, you got to read the room, bro. You got to. There was no hard stuff in there. I'm looking at the Molson reps, and they're going, "Hey, this guy's walking in with this. Not good. Not good." If you go to the Save On if it's a Safeway hat, yeah. um, yes, Are you walking that would be incredible. Uh, I'll walk in there, I'll Who be like, Safeway hat? I've always been a Safeway guy. Yeah, yeah but then you got to read the room. Yeah, well, hey. you know what? When you walk in there with a Crown and Coke, people try and uh, sell you to the other side. They're like, they're yeah. like no, you got to, yeah, so I got free drinks out of it. In Bruff's defense... He was feeling no pain, and he was higher than a kite. So, I'll let you get away with it. <laughs> okay. Let's focus on those Vancouver Canucks, shall we? Before no, we no, get... no, 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 no. Holford, Holford, we're What's starting up? with the Lions. Let me get this in. Sure, go for it. Are they working the phones? The... Yeah, yeah, just let, let me get this in. This is the biggest football game in this city since uh, the 2011 Great Cup when they beat the Blue Bombers at home. Both teams are 11-4. and four. The fact the Lions are in this position after losing their star quarterback to the NFL, pretty impressive. There's a real good buzz about this team. The upper deck's open tonight, and I'm going to tell you why. This owner's been great, Amar Doman. Great personality, does interviews. He's bucked up with the money, walks around home games, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing all, taking pictures. He gets it. David Braley told me a hundred times before he sold the team, he said, I will only sell to an owner who loves the CFL and the BC Lions. Boy, did he get the right guy. The Great Cup's here next year, guys. The momentum that's been created by the Lions, pretty impressive. So uh, get out there, support this team. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. Winnipeg, uh, uh, both teams 11-4, guys. I'll be on my couch watching tonight. And uh, go Lions, go. I think they had 32,000 in Winnipeg for their last home game. I wonder if the Lions will be able to eclipse that tonight. 
Well, when you open the upper deck, what's the what's the lower bowl? Uh, it's twenty seven thousand, right? Yeah. Yeah, so if you're opening up, if they can hit 30, 31, but the big one for me, guys, is if they can get the Western final at right. home. Yep. Yeah, that's the, and you know what? I go back, uh, and, uh, you know, the Western finals in the early 1980s, Cal Murphy, Don Matthews, 55,000, Roy DeWalt, Mervyn Fernandez. That was my, that was a wonderful time in this city for the Lions. I, I, I don't think they'll ever get back to that, but I think, you know what? If you get the Western final this year, no reason why they can't get 35, 40, 45 for that. So uh, let's see if they can carry the momentum tonight for the rest of this year and into the Great Cup next year. So, so you know yeah. what? Big crowd tonight at BC Place, obviously anticipated. It's going to be a busy night downtown because the Canucks cool. are going to be wrapping up the preseason next door at Rogers Arena. Before we get to the day-to-day of the Canucks, big picture stuff, uh, what did you learn, if anything, about yesterday's news that Stan Smeal will be transitioning out of his role as VP of Hockey Ops and into a more sort of like pseudo-retirement type thing. You know, Stan has put his heart and soul, everything he's got into this franchise for 45 years. And him transitioning, is at the age of 65, and you know what? It's a good move for Stan. And you know what? When I look, uh, guys, nobody in this organization, and I love the Sedin Twins and I love Trevor Linden, but nobody's been a better ambassador for this franchise than Stan. He played for the crest on the jersey, didn't play for the name on the back, and no one's given more to this franchise than Stan, and he deserves every accolade. And if he thinks it's time to have a lesser role, then then God bless him. You know, guys, Shmiel, Gradine, Fraser, that's my favorite line. Everybody knows my favorite team is the 82 Canucks. And also, I don't want you to forget, the four years with the new S Bruins starting in 74, you know, he was in Bellingham, the Bruins farm team and punch called them up. They went to the mem cup four years. When you talk to Ernie punch McLean about Schmiel, it's like a proud father talking about his son. It's time. He, he Stan would have thought about this for a long, long time. It's time to transition. He's 65. And you know what? If he wants to have a lesser role, I think he deserves it. I, I want to tell you something else. Okay. Great hockey family, the Schmeels. His brother Harvey, in my eyes, the best coach that ever coached in the BC Hockey League's history. His brother Dean coached the hometown team in St. Paul in junior. I did a game in St. Paul in 94. I, I, I interviewed Dean and his father during an intermission. When I lost my job in this market, one of the first texts I got was from Stan Schmeel. He said, keep your chin up. That meant a lot. He had a good relationship with the media. He never fought with the media. He never did. Um, when 1040 went down, a lot of guys got texts uh, from Stan Schmeel as well. I just can't say enough uh, good things about this guy. And if he wants to transition, it's his right. He has given, and no one has given more to one team in the NHL than Stan Schmiel has uh, to the Vancouver Canucks. It's very well said, Rick. We're speaking to Rick Dollywell here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, okay, I want to discuss the on-ice product yep. and the Vancouver Canucks defense by committee thing. Now, yeah. I've theorized, opined, if you will, that this is yep. merely a placeholder that they're going to do to buy them time until Ethan Bear is ready to return. What do you think of this theory, and what's the latest on Bear's recovery from shul- shoulder surgery? 
Well, here's what I want to say. The Canucks are working the phones. Uh, they know they have to work. Uh, they, they, they know they have work to do on the roster, guys. And, I, you know, and, Halford, you're on the right track. Uh, they, that's the reason they're working the phones. They, they've got work to do. Can they tinker uh, with the lineup ahead of the regular season opener? Can you find a right-shot defenseman through a trade or waivers? Where would the Canucks be? Let me ask you guys if they didn't sign Cole McCord last spring. Noah Juleson requires waivers to go to Abbotsford. Is he clear? I don't know. Eight teams called his agent in the summer when he was a UFA. And to answer your question, Halford, uh, the, the Canucks are still in the mix to land Ethan Bear. Last time I checked in with his agent this week. But he's not ready to play till December. So that puts him in a bit of a pickle if Ethan Bear's their guy, still eight, nine, ten weeks away. Look, I'm going to make this clear. They have to find Hughes a partner. They can't do this every training camp. They had the best partner in the world in Chris Tanner, but they let him go. They didn't even make him an offer. They were so screwed on the cap, they couldn't make him an offer. Tanner... It wanted to stay in such a bad way. He had informed his agent, get it done in Vancouver, but they couldn't do it. So here's a franchise defenseman in Hughes. He deserves a full-time year-in, year-out partner. But they're in this position, guys. Let, let's be honest, because they haven't developed a right-shot defenseman in 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, 15 years. I, I, go back. Go look at the draft uh, record uh, of defensemen in the last 10, 15 years. They're in this pickle today because they haven't, de- they haven't uh, developed a right-shot defenseman in 15 years. Is there anyone out there that would that they could get – that was going. That's going to give them like a meaningful upgrade on either Cole McWard or Noah Juleson, who played with Quinn Hughes a few games last season. Because you'd be asking a lot yeah. to bring in a guy and be like, "Okay, you're on the first pair. You haven't had training camp with the team. That's We've it. been doing a lot of system stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our first two games are against McDavid and Drysaddle. Good luck." Yeah, and, and and look at the waiver wire, guys. The Canucks didn't pick up uh, who's the Docker guy in Ottawa. Everyone was uh, Docker, Jacob Docker. Bernard Docker, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Uh, right shot, they didn't pick him up. You know, maybe they got their eyes on someone. Um, there are teams that might go into the regular season with eight defensemen on their roster. They Who they like and who they don't like, I, I, we, we don't know. Hey, check who the Penguins got on the waivers, guys. I mean, you know, all roads always lead to Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, the, you know, so check who the Penguins got on. Well, they had Ty Smith on, and the Canucks didn't take him. So there's been some good defensemen on waivers. They haven't taken him. Maybe they got something cooking, a trade, or maybe uh, they'll wait a week uh, to, to grab someone on um, – uh, on, waive, on, on waivers, but I was told they're working the phones. They know they got work to do on the roster, and can they tinker before the regular season opener? Uh, keep and this weekend's the big one, guys, because Saturday morning the Canucks got to make their final cuts after the Calgary game tonight, so tomorrow morning. So we'll have a better idea where they sit and who stays and who goes to Abbotsford. So Rick, the Canucks have one preseason game left. They yep. open the season on Wednesday. How are you feeling about the team? Well, one win. I mean, we always talk about um, get off to a good start, a lot of positivity with wins. I Look, I, I've been impressed with the PK. I've been impressed with the goaltending. I think Casey DeSmith and Demko have been great. Let's not count the first game, 10 nothing. Let's just forget about that was a massacre. But I, I've been happy with the PK, the goaltending. The goal scoring's an issue. Hoaglander, um, to me, zero points in four games. That, you know, 
that's a that's a bit dis, uh, that's a bit concerning because you know you were sent to Abbotsford last year. You worked out with Pedersen all summer long. We saw the pictures. We saw all the Facebook stuff. And then you come into camp and you have this opportunity. You started in the top six. Now you're in the bottom six. You have this opportunity to go out and grab a spot. Bouvillier, that's another guy. Uh, <laughs> Taylor's laughing at me. There's a, that's another guy that you know I was hoping. No, no, Taylor's making fun of me. Listen, that's another guy, Bouvillier, that I was expecting. He's in the final year of his contract. Um, that's another guy I was hoping this uh, this preseason would light it up. I was hoping Hoaglander would. I'm a little concerned about the offense. I don't know about you guys, mm-hmm. uh, but that's two guys right there that I expected a whole lot more from offensively, and I did. I'm not seeing it. I was going to say, it, can you think of a guy that comes to mind immediately, one of the younger guys, one of the guys looking to take advantage of these opportunities that's really taken advantage of the opportunity? Yeah, one guy is our Steve yeah, Baines. Yeah, right, that's yeah, it, right? Yeah, that's it. That that guy, I'm going to tell you something about our Steve Baines. He's put himself in a position um, – to uh, get called up this year, and simply for two reasons. He, he, he's not giving you much offense, okay, I get that, but he's a very smart player. He's going to the greasy areas of the ice. He's hard to play against, and I think he, the organize, when I asked about Archie Baines uh, with the organization, I got back, uh, like him a lot, uh, he's, his development. You look at a kid like Tristan Nielsen last year, he signed his first NHL contract. He never got in a preseason game, guys. Like, I, I'm, I don't understand why he didn't get any, not even one preseason game and yet our steve baines he seems to be the one kid that whose development has gone uh, through the roof in in one year he had to change guys he led the western hockey league in scoring two years ago and now he's uh, he's he's building himself up to be a good bottom six guy hey guy can, can i get the cow foot thing in guys sure, yeah, 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 yeah yeah i was gonna ask you about that okay so a lot of i don't know your text line our text line blows up with uh cow foot cow foot get cow foot okay so let me tell you something when Calfoot was a UFA in the summer, I was told it's not a fit in Vancouver because it can be awkward situation for Cal with his dad being a coach in Vancouver. It's the same reason, guys, why the Canucks didn't claim him yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was on waivers. The Canucks do like Foot. Right shot, six five, two hundred plus pounds. Former first round pick. Um, Foot's agent is Kurt Overhart. Okay, pretty powerful guy, right? He knows this market. You know why he knows this market? Because he represented Ryan Kessler and Kevin Bieksa. He knows the city. He knows the media. He knows the fans. You see it in minor hockey with dads coaching their kids. Now you see it in junior hockey with dads buying teams to get their kids on the team. It always puts the kid in an awkward situation, especially if that kid is average or below average in minor hockey or junior. It causes problems. At the end of the day, it's a smart play by the agent, and I totally understand why the Canucks were basically, they like them, but they were basically, hey, well, as a UFA, they were basically told, no. It's not well, there, there already were bad optics in Kelowna, right? With yeah, yeah. foot coaching. It wasn't Cal, it was his other son, it right? Nolan. It was his other son, Nolan, yeah. I think. And mm-hmm. so it, it's just, a, and, and look, guys, Canucks had too many tire fires away, you know, Rachel Dory last year and the, the Boudreaux incident. If you can eliminate those and just concentrate on hockey this year, I think that's what they want to do. The, the, the potential for problems is there. You know, and I think it's a smart play by the agent, Kurt Overhart, and I think he thought it out. But he told me in the summer it's just not going to be a fit in Vancouver, uh, and he stuck to his word, and that's why the Canucks did not claim him on waivers yesterday.
Rick, it's always fun on a Friday, bud. Thanks a lot for doing this. As always, we really enjoy it. Enjoy the weekend. This is a pretty awesome sports hey, weekend coming up. Oh, what? Uh, one last thing for yes, you. Go. Last two weeks, uh, when I hang up, you guys ripped me for about a minute, minute and a half. Yeah, we last ripped you before years. this time. Yeah. No, you guys were ripping me because I yell and scream. You guys, if you're going to rip me, rip me while I'm on the air. Not I hang up, and then I get five texts. Uh, Bruff and Ruff, we're ripping you. You guys got to do it while I got me on the phone. Don't rip me when I, I, I hang up. Why do you shout all the time? <laughs> it's in the blood. It, you love your job. It's in the blood. You love your job. I've been blessed. Thirty, uh, Donnie, uh, over 40 years, me over 30 years. When you love your job, nothing, hey, hey, listen, let me give you guys a quote. Nothing in this world was built without enthusiasm and passion. Take that. See you later. The, uh, the patented dolly wall hang-up. Oh, I was no, say, there was no clunk. I was hoping for the clunk. I was going to say, uh, Rick, it's very hard to say any of this stuff to your face when you continually hang up on us. But anyway, that's Rick Dollywall. Then he hung up on you. And he did it. It's the patented Dolly hang-up. Uh, Rick Dollywall from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Check TV here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. We should all- we do some Ask Us Innings? We should. We've got a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, a reminder, just a quick reset here as we try and keep it on the rails on a Friday where it usually goes off them. The Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. It's Ask Us Anything Friday. We're also doing what we learned. I don't know if we're actually going to do any of ours today Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of submissions. The reason there's a lot of submissions is because we're giving away a pair of tickets to see Guns N' Roses on October 16th at BC Place. We will give them one pair of tickets to the best what we learned, one pair of tickets to the best Ask Us Anything. Mm -hmm. Hashtag it WWL or AUA. And the important part, put a rose emoji into the text to be entered into the grand prize draw. Jason? Ask us anything from Paul in Peterborough. If you were John Schneider, would you have nixed the pitching change devised by Atkins and the Khakis nice. with your job on the line? Well, um, okay. I, I, I like the name if, Atkins and the Khakis. That's a good one. I wonder if he I wonder if he could have had some sort of communication with those guys, like <laughs> like secretly go and text them. Like, are you guys sure? About Pitch calm like, for the executive. Like, we, we we're go. still sticking to this plan. This seems crazy. Have you seen this guy's dealing out there? Put it this way: If Schneider went against the plan or the wishes of Ross Atkins and the Khakis, which is a very clever way of alluding to their analytics department, I would suggest that he's going to be fired, whether it works out or not. Because the trust is and broken. Would he, and would he ever get a job again? Right. Because the if trust he turned is broken on at his that bosses, point. right? Yeah. Like you, it's a team approach. Yeah. And, and that's why I think, um, you know, there should be a thorough review of whether the guys right at the top of the team are the right guys to lead the team going forward. I think what you have to understand is that they made this decision before the game. And that is probably the root problem in all of this is that you're trying to have a preordained result in a sporting event that is largely, and oftentimes I mean largely, defined by luck or a Matt Chapman hit being a foot foul when it could have been a foot fair, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, A Matt Chapman home run that goes out in 12 MLB ballparks but not Target Field in Minnesota. Like, it seems very crazy to me that you're going to try and orchestrate a series of events in a sport that is so random. That's all. Uh, ask us anything from Maury, the mill manager. What's worse? <laughs> Wearing a random sports jersey from a sport or team not involved in the game or wearing a Safeway hat in Save On. 
Okay, so someone on Twitter has already found a Safeway hat. I need one. I How do you get one? And I need to go into Save On Foods. No, no, the Save On Foods suite. Yes. And walk in there and I was like, oh, wow. This, been a this sa- would be like always a, been a Safeway It's guy. like a lane wearing the Orioles hat in the owner's box in Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. There's well, no Safeway used to anymore, be a- though. That's my only concern is it's not a competition anymore. There's no Safeway anymore? They got rid of them. They're now Freshco. What? What? There's Safeway. Well, safe- they're, they're starting to phase there's them out. There's a Safeway out, across the street from my house. Are, are they, yeah. Isn't the company starting to phase them out? I, I think there's a... I think there's I a... There's a lot of them still. I think there's a transition phase yeah. going on. I think they're going away, though. I, I don't know. But, well, that makes the hat even more valuable. Right. Right? Brand awareness and legacy is do a you guys have, thing. Do you guys have brand loyalty to grocery stores? No. Not a one. Not at sort all. of Costco. I was always Costco's. a Woodward's man. <laughs> no. I'll go. I, yeah, no, I don't have a single Everyone one. Everyone on the island, IGA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Costco, man. Costco. I never understand that. There is a uh, a cult around stongs. Yeah, but that's. Shorty will tell you about stongs. And yeah, Dunbar. but that's more of like a West Side Vancouver type thing because there's not a lot of stongs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But to me, like, I can't. And there'll be a lot of people chiming in about the differences between Save On and Safeway and IGA and whatever. The Megalomart. I don't even know. But. I've never looked at it in that scope before. Like, mm-hmm. I, why would I care um, about some of them like, have better deals? I think, but but I would just go to the one with the better deal. Yeah, yeah. Safeway uh, is a great place to go if you want to spend sixty dollars on like three things. I just don't understand why you'd have. You think Safeway is too expensive? It's very expensive. Yeah, is the yeah. is the grocery store just not the vessel to get the stuff that you want? Like. They're not making any. They're not growing the produce. I think you you can have like a collection of grocery stores in your head. Like I go to this grocery store for that, and I go to some grocery stores. You go into their produce section, and you're like, are "You guys even trying here?" Even uh, No Frills like, is expensive. It's just frills now. It's like it's pricey. I don't go to No Frills. It's just frills. Uh, lots, right. lots of frills. <laughs> Should I, I try No Frills? Is it worth it? it I yeah, mean, it, at one point pre pandemic, like what's worth was, getting there? Don't expect any frills. Um, <laughs> like the most, the basic essentials can be quite cheap. Right. I miss the Ontario grocery chains, like, like Longos mm, and okay. Sobies. Loblaws. Uh, Loblaws. Uh, they have Loblaws here. That's true. I guess they yeah. do. Yeah. All right. Uh, a bylo. I'm a big bylo bi- guy. I'm, I'm going to be a bylo nice. guy now. Try and save. Jay texts in. <laughs> okay, let's stop this. Jay texts in. Ask us anything. How many touches and yards will Chase Claypool get in his first game with the Miami Dolphins? I mean, it's a good question, right? Because he wasn't happy with his situation in Chicago. Are we going to safely assume that he's not playing this weekend? Because the game is like 48 hours away. He's probably not going to play this weekend. But he might be in a situation where he's like, I don't know. How many receivers would Tua look for before Chase Claypool? Well, let's see. The receiving leaders thus far... Tyreek Hill, number one, Jalen Waddle, number two, Braxton Berrios, nice little slot receivers, the mm-hmm. number three. And like, then does he get he, in for every snap even, you know? No, you never know, right? No. I mean, with the amount of weapons that they have, right? Because they also throw to their running backs. Not a ton, but enough. Moster mm-hmm. catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. Claypool is going – well, the other thing with Claypool is he's got a bit of a image rehabilitation issue that he has to work on. His stock could not be lower. There are yeah. questions about his give a crap meter. Totally. So yeah. he's going to have to work to rebuild that. He's going to have to work to learn this offense, which is a timing and pattern offense. I mean, it's not, yeah, they play the deep ball, but the goal is to hit guys in stride. 
And he's going to have to work because there's three receivers there that already had a good comfort level with Tua. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much of an impact this is going to make. I think it's a headline grabber, especially locally because of the ties to Abbott. Totally, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it's actually going to play out to be like a huge move for the Dolphins in terms of putting them well, over the top. It needs to be a huge move for his career because if he if he doesn't have success in Miami, then people are like, well, like he's already bottom line. Is he's, he's already going- cost the Bears some draft capital. Yeah, and bottom line is he's going to the best offense in the NFL. Yeah. Also, I just I get do, open. I got to say something. They dropped them from the lineup. And <laughs> whether it's fair or not, the Bears have put up crazy offensive numbers in those two weeks. Justin Fields looked like a totally different quarterback. Their, la- Their yeah. offense looks like a totally different. Their offense. last two weeks have been very encouraging, even though they lost to the Broncos last week. Yeah, they were all over the commanders. They look like a capable football team. They they even looked like an exciting football team last night on Thursday night football. A lot of, um, sorry, did you want to go? Did you have one? No, 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 go ahead. A lot of ask us anything's about Thanksgiving dinner. A lot. And we've fielded these before, but I feel like it's important because it's the one thing that kind of ties us together this weekend, right? Everyone's going to be having some semblance of a Thanksgiving dinner. That's, and that's why they're weighing in with it. Uh, someone asked what's more vital to the entire dinner. A really good gravy or really good mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. Oh, man. Yeah, you could have great mashed potatoes. important. You could have great mashed potatoes without great gravy, but you can't just sip on a cup of gravy. Well, I guess yeah. you could. You, you can't could. sip on a <laughs> cup of gravy. It has to be a cup of gravy, yeah. please. Oh, delicious. Mm-hmm. I think it's the gravy because I think the gravy would mask more mediocre food than the mashed potatoes. Well, I think we're under the assumption that all the food's going to be good, though. You can't be do, under that do assumption. You, do you like a simple mashed potatoes? Sometimes you just kind of jazz them up a little right, bit. Like right, like herbs and garlic butter and yeah, a little yeah. borosin, oh, yeah. borosin jazz, mixed in to make them creamier. Jazz them mm-hmm. up, man. Um, jazz them up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do uh, like well, Another text was like, if you could only eat one meal, part of the meal from Thanksgiving for the rest of your life, what would it be? And right away I was like, oh, it's mashed potatoes. It's I demand, be. like, aggressively mashed potatoes. Yeah, get the mixer out. You, yeah, you yeah. got to get the mixer yeah. out. Or if you're like, it's pretty much your hand mix, no lumps. Yeah, like you, no lumps. you just keep going, and then you're like, should I mash them some more? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like the answer is always yes. It has to be liquid potatoes, please. Sometimes you'll be like, I want them so mashed. I, I don't even want to waste my them. time. It's like going to no frills. These are True. no frills mashed potatoes. All I see are frills. Get your what we learns in. Get your ask us. Get your ask us anything's in to the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. One final segment to go on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. That's it! Back to Winnipeg! Winnipeg is disgusting! Yeah. I don't want to go to Winnipeg. Nobody wants to go to Winnipeg. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Hey, it's 32 on a Friday. Alright, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. You are listening to the Health and Rough Show on Sportsnet 650. Hey. Alvin and Brev of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in Hour 3 of the program. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We're going to do some What We Learns first before we turn it over to the humanoids and start handing out Guns N' Roses tickets. I'm going to begin. Uh, I learned that the Connor Bedard effect is real. In terms of selling tickets, 
putting butts in seats, as former Premier John Horgan liked to say. I love it when good things happen to good organizations, so I'm really happy that the Chicago Blackhawks have doubled their full-season ticket packages and their partial-season ticket packages for this season. When the Blackhawks won the draft lottery back in May, the team sold $5.2 million in new season ticket packages within the first 12 hours of the news breaking. They are now projecting a 10% overall increase in tickets sold for this season. They've already sold out at least five games, and they are uh, it's going to be between 17 to 26% overall mm-hmm. in increase in tickets sold, which is, again, you really want good things to happen to the Chicago Blackhawks, so that's awesome that they got Connor Bernard and they're selling tickets out the wazoo. Yeah, because they were they were way off in terms of they they looked like the Eric Daze years at the United Center when there was like ten thousand people there. Good if Eric Daze reference. I always I always associate like if there was the Eric Daze era, and then they finally arrived with the Taves and Kane era. They emerged from They're the like, darkness, the Dazeness. Eric, Eric Daze get us there? They, no, he can't. No, they, got out, they got out of the Daze that they were in and saw clearly, is what the, you're saying? The dark Daze? Yeah. yeah. They're in a real Daze. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, congratulations to the Blackhawks. I'm so happy for them. Moo cow with disdain. Daze was good, though. He just had injury problems. This is enough Eric Daze. That's enough Eric Daze out of all of you. Okay. Uh, who else has one? Relad, you have audio, right? Yeah, I got a quick one. Uh, not a little one, just a quick one. The Ducks have a, tiny one. a new nickname for one of their newest signed stars, Trevor Zegers, on the broadcast yesterday. I heard this clip come up on, on X. And you can see Trevor Zegers there on the bench. He still remains as talkative. An enemy of silence, if you will. I like Trevor, that. So enemy we, of we, have the, we have the bringer of rain, and now we have the enemy of silence, Trevor Zegers. And you I'm guys are start, enemies of silence. I'm going to start calling people like that uh, like that name, just like if they're talking too much. You are an enemy of, of silence right now. <laughs> so that was his first game back, right? After the contract holdout? I believe so, yeah. They still don't have Jamie Drysdale done? No, they got him done. Oh, they did? Yeah, yeah, I missed yeah. that. Okay. There, was, there was also a goal in that game I saw that uh, John Gibson had his stick completely just whacked right out of his hands by a Coyotes player, and he bent over to pick it up, and then there was a brutal turnover, and immediately the puck was put in. Gibson didn't even complain. He just, like, whatever. <laughs> he just got to turn around. I was like, whatever. Apparently Vegas but, and Colorado played a humdinger mm-hmm. of a game. Yeah, as far like, as people were talking about it, they were yeah. like, like uh, so I think Vegas went down 3 nothing to Colorado and then stormed back. A lot of it with their fourth line, which is an incredible fourth line. Bruce Cassidy. You look at the fourth line of Vegas, and yeah. you compare it to what the Canucks are considering, or frankly, like most teams in the NHL are considering with their fourth line. So the fourth line in Vegas is just like, it is, it's, it's got talent, but it's got size as well. Compared to your third line. Um, okay. I'd probably rather have it as my second line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mookow that. Okay. We good here. Everyone done. You, you don't have one, do you? No. Okay, good. Let's move on to the humanoids. Let's fire up that dot matrix. What we learn via the humanoids is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation of $200 off. Visit them online at getfireplan.com. So oh, we- my God! We're having a fire plan! I always get cut off by that. How do you that. forget about that? Yeah. I know. I always do. I'm excited to give away these Guns N' Roses tickets. The first one's going to go to Jay, who sent in the Ask Us Anythings about Chase Claypool and how many touches and yards 
Will Chase get in his first game with the Miami Dolphins? It was a good question. It was timely and topical as Chase Claypool has been traded from the Chicago Bears to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Congratulations, Jay. Enjoy the show. The second winner goes to a guy that just, like, has to go to this concert based on his name and where he's from. Gunner from Kelowna. Nice. I get it. Like, Gunner from Kelowna has to be at the Guns N' Roses concert at BC Place. Please wear a name tag that says, Hi, I'm Gunner from Kelowna. Is he bringing a girl named Rose? Gunner Could you imagine Rose. if Gunner was married to Rose? Would they get a lifetime pass? I think they would. Here's is what we learned. I learned that Russell Wilson, with all the criticism he takes, has more passing yards, more passing touchdowns, and fewer interceptions than Patrick Mahomes this season. Is the criticism fair, especially playing for a horrible team? I think it's been fairly clearly established in Denver this year that Russell Wilson is not the main problem, right. but he still represents the failures of the organization, and that's what it is. Basically, uh-huh. it represents uh, they, they they swung for the fences with Russell Wilson, and all they've got is this terrible team. Like, you don't give up 70 points to Miami, and you're like, that's on our quarterback, right? I feel like the defense probably played a role in that. They're just not a good team. And they don't seem like um, they're not functional. Like they are not functioning well. And my theory with Sean Payton, and Alfred disagreed with this because he thinks that Sean Payton's going to be gone before Russell Wilson. I think knows. he's going to just up and leave. Yeah. Do you still think that you're sticking to that? Because well, my, my, my theory is he just wants to. I, I think he just wants to blow the whole thing up. I think he. Well, you know, the big, start again. But the biggest thing is the defense is horrific. He gave up seventy yeah, that's points. Why, that's why he wants to blow it up. You know how hard that is to do. I just think yeah. he's gonna. I, did, I honestly think he's gonna be like, you know what? I shouldn't have come back. Peace. He's leaving a lot of money out there, man. Sure, but he's also made a lot of money. Again, yeah. it's just a theory. I mean, it might not happen. Believe it or not, this might not happen. But I'm sticking. To I'm going to be excited for when one of your hot takes actually comes to fruition. And please, Mm-mm. you do not get to take credit. Like if John Schneider gets fired. And even if Don Mattingly replaces him, like you don't get credit because your hot take was that Schneider would be fired halfway through the season and replaced. Well, yeah, I'm a visionary. What do you want me to say? Sometimes <laughs> I'm ahead of my time. Uh, by the way, uh, this guy hasn't texted in in a while. Sloppy Nachos texted oh, in. Oh, nice. So one, someone sent me a screen grab of a picture they took of a restaurant menu where on the appetizers they had sloppy nachos. That's how they were described. Usually you'd think you'd refrain from I actually don't care for sloppy nachos. No. Like, I don't want a lot of stuff on them. Like the old, I like I like my nacho. Hold on a sec. Yeah. I like my nachos with like a ton of melted cheese, mm-hmm. sour cream, salsa, and guac all on the side. So at my dipping convenience. No meats? No meat. No meats. No. He's an no staunchly no meat. I don't meat like You're it. a conservative like, nachos eater. He doesn't like sloppy nachos. I'm a traditionalist, right? Mm. Like right. The, the Americanization of nachos with like, we need some meat on these, mm. right? Like something on it, please. We're from America. Nothing worse than soft. Not You go to pick it up and it just like breaks in your hand. Yeah, it's called it's a sloppy small, nacho. And there's, right? yeah. there's nothing worse than... You need the crunch. Well, this is sloppy making of nachos when the cheese isn't dispersed evenly or some of the cheese is melted too much, but other parts of it like is not melted enough. Like I will, I will send that back. So the reason we're talking about sloppy nachos is because sloppy nachos texted in earlier, 
And he, this was on the conversation that we had about teams that you ordinarily follow and are a fan of, but that you've hated for an extended mm-hmm. period of time or short period of time. Sloppy Nachos is a Denver Broncos fan. Ooh, and he says right tough. now he hates the team because mm-hmm. he hates Russell Wilson and care much for the job Sean Payton is doing. That would be an interesting dynamic if you were an NFL team and your team ported in Russell Wilson when they did. Because yeah. remember, not only did they bring him aboard, they signed him to a gargantuan contract. But how quickly would you have to turn? You know how it took quite a while for us to turn on Russ? Like, it was an evolution. It was the breakdown of a marriage. Yeah. In Denver, you'd have to be like, name me a Broncos fan out there that wasn't excited about that trade. Oh, they thought that they were getting they were like, the new version of uh, Peyton yeah. Manning coming to their organization yeah. and taking him to a Super Bowl. So they'd have to turn on him really quick. Well, uh, I think they turned on him after like week one last year. Pistol Pete with what we learned. Jason, I'm listening to our the Hour One podcast, and gosh dang it, very well said about Stan Smeal. I'm officially fired up for this season. I really hope the team takes your advice. They won't. And starts playing with pride because recently it's getting embarrassed to, embarrassing to say you're a Canucks fan. I think this just plays in with like all the themes that we've been talking about, how Stan Smeal was this heart and soul guy that represented hard work, sacrifice um, for the team, uh, an appreciation for the fans, an appreciation for the city, an appreciation for the organization. At the same time, we're talking about why certain teams draw our disdain, even though we technically cheer for them. And the Toronto Blue Jays, like, you're not sitting there going, like, they're so bad. Like, they can't win a game. Yeah. They won most of their games. But there was a disdain that people had for the team because you can see the talent on the team. And I kind of phrased it like talented losers That's what they are. are the most you will have disdain for a team. Like, a team that you're like, you guys are talented. You just don't seem willing to do the things that you need to do in order to win games. Speaking of the Blue Jays and MLB playoffs, Peter in Cloverdale with an Ask Us Anything. AUA, has the show jumped on the bandwagon of a new team for the MLB playoffs? I think it's okay having multiple baseball teams to cheer for since there are so many games in a season. Yeah, uh, I'm on the Minnesota Twins now. Yeah, because I don't want anything good to happen to Houston. I would like Houston to get swept by the Twins. I want Houston out. I don't want anything good to happen to Houston. I don't want to see them win. Yeah, twins want... seem like a likable bunch, actually. I mean, oh, no. you're shaking your head over there. This is an Arizona Diamondbacks program. Oh, my oh, God. God. You're cheering for the D-backs. How oh. many players can you name oh. on the Diamondbacks that aren't Evan Longoria? Well, there's two former Jays, no, Gabriel Moreno yeah. and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I, I wasn't trying to out you as being like an unknowledgeable baseball mm-hmm. fan. That was more the point. Like, this is such an anonymous random team. So in the American League, I'm going to go with the Twins only for the next round. Then I don't care. The Twins had two extra base hits in that, the two games against the Jays. Right? They did, the they're home not runs. a good team. Those were they're their fine. only extra base hits. Yeah, they weren't great. Like they, the, For all the flaws that the Jays had, the Twins didn't exactly blow the doors off them. It wasn't like Texas beating the crap out of Tampa Bay. You tip your hat, but by the way, the Jays beat themselves. In the NL, I want the Phillies going all the way. I, I think I'm cheering for the Phillies. I want the Phillies going all yeah. the way. I know that there are some unlikable characters on that team, but I think they're funny to watch. Like every mm-hmm. fan? Like the entire fan base. <laughs> <laughs> but the fans are enthusiastic. Right? They're a, like they're it a makes funny... for an atmosphere. When you're watching a game... Like, I don't want to watch a game from Arizona. They're it's f- like, I'm so glad yeah. the Rays are out and they're 20,000 
fans like in a terrible stadium. Like, like get them out I, of there. Well, I, you want when those, I watch baseball, you, I want to see the excitement. You want those hard luck Philadelphia fans to get another championship? Like, no, no, no. It's got nothing to do with that. They're just a, they're a hilarious team to watch because it seems like they play with their hair on fire, which is rare in baseball. Like Harper's super crazy. Castellanos is crazy. <laughs> by the way, I don't I don't consider Philadelphia like super lucky sports fans. Eagles won recently. Phillies have They've won. They had recently. a good run. We'll talk about the fan bases saying. where they have like a disdain for that organization. Philly is a great example. Yeah. Because Philly looks at that organization right now and goes like, you guys used to be something. And you used to mean something to this city. Yeah. And now I don't know where you guys are going. The NL right now is way more interesting to me because the three most interesting teams left, all due respect to the teams in the American League, are the Dodgers, the Braves, and the, the Phillies. Those are the three most interesting teams to me right now. And I know that they've all got to kind of beat each other up to get to the World Series, but and it's going to be the D-backs to come out of all. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't <laughs> see it. Although they did look pretty good against the Brewers, right? That was an upset. They had yeah. Two comebacks. Yeah, right? like they look good against the Brewers. Yeah. Uh, ask us anything. Would you rather sit in the first row of an exhibition game or nosebleeds for a round one playoff game? Nosebleeds, nosebleeds. playoffs. Yeah, for like who would pick easily? Preseason over playoffs. I think if you've never been to a game and sat in the front row. And seen it like you might have something there, but then you'd be like, you'd be ten minutes into it, be like, wow, these guys are fast, and then you'd be like, I should have taken the playoff game. Yeah, I can't see anything. Well, that's that's that is one thing. Like sitting front row, um, it's cool if you just if you don't care about the game and you're like, oh, I want to see some some of this close up action, right? And maybe my friends will see me on TV or something like that. Sure. Um, but it is not the most convenient seat to actually appreciate a hockey game. I love sitting up high. Is there any yeah. indication of a fan that doesn't really know what they're doing? Then someone's like, yeah, I got glass seats at the hockey game. Yeah. You can't see anything. Yeah, sometimes you're, you're right I, there. <laughs> sometimes I bang on the glass. Yeah. Yeah. My brother's in, Nobody wants to sit My there. brother's in from Toronto, and he's uh, taking me, my dad and I to a Canucks game, and I had to convince him not to get the up-close the glass, glass seat. Yeah. I'm like, no, man, you want to go right in the middle. Perfect view. You I can told, see everything. I told you about the time that we went as a family front row at Pacific Coliseum when I was like 10. The Flyers were in town, those good Flyers teams, and it was actually sold out. Back when they meant something. And we sat front row, and uh, my mom started reading a book. Right. <laughs> and can you imagine? What a power move. She was like, can you, can you keep it down, she, please? She, yeah, she brought, out, she brought out a book. Settle down, and, boys. And I'm it was to like, read. can you imagine some of the players, like, if they saw that, they'd be like, I'm sorry. Are we not entertaining you enough? Dave. I still remember the game like it was yesterday. The Canucks lost 6-1. to one. Yeah, Dave Poulin skating longingly to the bench. <laughs> He's like, oh, one woman didn't even pay attention to me. Um, okay, Justin and East Van with what we learned. Hashtag WWO what we learned. What I learned is that Chicago Bears legend Dick Buckus passed away yesterday. Although he's best known for his NFL career, I'll remember him best as the high school basketball coach on the classic NBC show, Hang Time. Yes, I watched a lot of Hang Time back in the day. because So the key for NBC's sort of like teen or tween programming back in the day mm-hmm. was you get a bump from Saved by the Bell. Remember how they used to try and schedule shows after Seinfeld? Because you oh, get yeah, the Seinfeld yeah. bump. Yeah. You get a Saved by the Bell bump. The TV but, was still on. Yeah. Like, and turn it, off that TV. Is that hang time you're watching? I guess. So the premise of the show was a female basketball player joins uh, a new high school, starts playing on the team, and hilarity ensues. It wasn't a very well- A vibe. girl playing sports? Yeah. It Come was, on. Yeah. It was the 90s. It was a very, very, very rudimentary time for plots. We just didn't have a lot going on. Anyway- <laughs> And then they just then when they ran out of ideas for um, 
actual scripts. They just changed the cast routinely. That was how you, you breathe new life into a sitcom. Mm-hmm. So halfway through, uh, Dick, Buck, Dick Buckus just appeared as the coach. Reggie Theus, who was an NBA player, right. was the coach. Mm-hmm. And then Dick Buckus appeared. Yeah, because he had like name recognition and face recognition. Right. And it was just sort of like, but he's a football guy. I mean, I guess it's not that big of a stretch. But anyway, yeah. the show wasn't very good. You seem to remember it pretty well. So the guy on the show, Jay Hernandez, went on to become Ma- the Magnum P.I. reboot. Oh, really? Yeah. He's married to the female basketball player from the show. Oh. They were like high school sweethearts on the show. They That's got nice. married. They had a family together. Yeah. Uh, here's what we learned. Calgary agrees to a new arena. At the cost of $1 billion. Yeah, so the Flames are getting their new arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be part of a larger development, as these things usually are. But the one thing that, as I've been thinking about the CFL today with the big Bombers-Lions game tonight, the Stampeders are shut out of this. They're still at McMahon Stadium. And I read one of the funniest things I've ever read before, uh, doing a little research. Mm. Apparently, uh, one of their uh, executives went on a podcast, (laughs) and I get what he's doing. He's trying to spin this because the Stampeders know we're not getting a new stadium. And he said, "We (laughs) we have the Fenway Park of the CFL, and we have to change the narrative. McMahon Stadium is our home. And it's not going to change anytime soon. So There are people who go to Boston specifically to go to Fenway Park. Nobody's coming to Calgary just to come to McMahon. But let's celebrate what we've got and start talking positively about it. Uh, not every old stadium is Fenway Park. Do you know what Fenway Park is? Jay McNeil, president and, of business operations. And also, like, have you been there? Do you realize like how much they spend on keeping it looking like old Fenway Park. Like, there is money that goes into that. Like, them putting seats on top of the Green Monster. Like, all that stuff. It's expensive. Like, you go into Fenway Park, it is awesome. You walk in there, like, everything is green. But everything looks really well-maintained, too. Mm -hmm. You go to McMahon Stadium, you're like, this is just an old stadium. Yeah, it was built in 1960. Fenway was built in 1912. There's a big difference there. But I'm excited because I'm going to Calgary next weekend, so I'll be sure to take in the Fenway of the Prairies when I do that. <laughs> the Fenway Park of the Prairies. I don't even know why. What, would... what's, what's Commonwealth Stadium then? Is that Wrigley? Because that's pretty yes. old. Is there any ivy on it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just growing wildly. They don't actually plant it on <laughs> yeah. walls. What's that green stuff? That's mold. Commonwealth, <laughs> Stadium. Commonwealth Stadium is the last of our Soviet-era stadiums. That went up. Um, obviously, it went up for the Commonwealth Games. Was it in the 70s? Yeah, I think it, it went up in the 70s. Um, there is just like, that is a, God, we were speaking of no frills. Commonwealth Stadium is a no frills stadium. Zero frills. It's a big stadium. We got seats and we got a field. That's it. It was the concrete slab era of stadiums. Yeah. Any architecture? To, nope. We're well, the problem the with Commonwealth, too, is like it was built with the track and field in mind, too. So it's still got. Like the bone, I don't know if the track is still there. They got rid of it. Well, what? they had the they, didn't they have the World Track and Field Games, Edmonton? Like, sure, I don't know. Why not? A decade ago. Um, speaking of old cruddy CFL stadiums, did you shed a tear when Ivor Wynn got a, a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, I like the new field, but it's not the same. 
I'll, I'll ever, I ever win looked like the kind of stadium where there would be like discarded shopping carts in the end. Yeah, zone. that's that because there normally was. Yeah. There was like usually <laughs> like some shopping carts from, from Safeway. No frills. The concourse was terrible. It was clearly a, a stadium that blew up bigger than it should have. But uh, yeah, the, the new one is very nice. I like Tim Hortons. Yeah, the 2001 World Championships in athletics was held in Edmonton. God, there's a lot of useless information in my brain. There is. Right? That was on. That was on. Uh, that was like Wikipedia. 22 years ago, and it feels like yesterday that Edmonton hosted the World Track and Field Games. Um, I'm going to leave with this one. Troy the Bread Guy. It's a good zinger to leave with. Hashtag WW what, what we learned. In real life, if you slack at work, you get fired. In the NFL, you get promoted to Miami. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, Troy. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to all. I hope you have a great weekend. Savor this sports weekend. It's a really good one. We started the show with that, and we'll end the show with that as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will be back on Monday. No rest for the weary. Everything that happened this weekend, we'll be recapping it on Monday morning. For now, though, we got to say goodbye. Signing off, I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.